What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The energy and the the, the the positivity towards like the NWA and towards the show and stuff was just unbelievable. Billy's and, and, and Dave's vision, to me, so far, has been very, very, very good. As much as it's a throwback, it's really just, it's a format that works. And it, honestly, it's the same format as every other wrestling show. It's just, the environment is so different. They have been giving opportunities to people like me that haven't had an opportunity the way that we are here. It's a little bit of old with the new. It's the most historic, longest-running organization around. Man, I, I feel like we're setting things on fire at this point. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another edition of Prime Time with Sean Mooney. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm really enjoying as we continue to expand our production content here. Uh, we love having you download the episodes on your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's uh, iTunes. And if you do, by the way, make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating and a review. We love it. Uh, but also, we've expanded. Now we're putting a lot more content on our YouTube channel, uh, Primetime Mooney, Primetime Mooney on YouTube. And uh, we're including a lot more video. So uh, actually, you can see uh, this uh, episode that we have coming up this week that we also recorded on Skype with Eli Drake. And so you get to see him as well while we're doing all this. So... Um, I know it's great. To, I do the same thing. I listen to my car, to all my podcasts. But at the same time, it's kind of fun when you do get a chance on your laptop or something to be able to see the episode you know, as we did it with video. So uh, we got a nice little setup here in the uh, PTSM studios. But I'm having fun with it. And it's just uh, you know helping us continue to bring you more great content every week. Uh, we're coming off an episode with the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. Uh, another great episode with Nick as he returns to uh, PTSM, and uh, just great to have him back on here. And I loved it this time because, you know, because of spending all this time, you know, going over his early career and how he got into wrestling. Uh, if you want to hear all about that, you can go to the first episode we did with Nick on PTSM. 
But this was uh, really cool because, you know, we were able to focus in on some of the big influences in his life and uh, how it's all impacting the terrific rise that he is experiencing right now in the world of professional wrestling. And a big part of the success he's experiencing now is because, you know, he has just a fantastic respect for the business. If you uh, listen to that first episode, if you've heard him, you know, talk on uh, other uh, podcasts or, you know, being interviewed, he really does. He just has a great respect for the business. And um, he's just tremendous. Uh, One of his biggest assets is he is just tremendous uh, in front of a camera. Uh, he really is, and and believe me, I've I've seen a lot of uh, people who are really good in front of the camera, and he is right up there, um, you know. And you're seeing it all happen as uh, he continues to uh, make great gains in the world of uh, professional wrestling, and it's all leading up to the next big event with the NWA. You know, we've got the Crockett Cup pay per view happening uh, uh, soon in in April, and uh, you know the NWA held a press conference this past week at the Gateway Center in Atlanta, Georgia, where it's uh, going to be taking place. And uh, if you want to really see what I'm talking about, I mean, just uh, you know uh, that promo that we did uh, recently, where it just all hell broke loose at uh, uh, the GPB Studios uh, with Marty Skrull. But in this press conference, you really get to see uh, just how he is in front of a microphone, and they have uh, he goes on. I mean, it's a very long monologue, but uh, he's just fantastic. And uh, check it out if you haven't yet. Um, as uh, we get closer and closer to that great event. Uh, Another great episode on the way this week. As I mentioned, we've got Eli Drake, another very, very talented wrestler who has worked uh, for just about every major wrestling organization, including the WWE, and we'll get into all that. And um, he has had some journey. We'll we'll cover it all. That's uh, that's coming up. But first, a big shout-out once again to all of our Patreon members who have been uh, really so loyal um, if, uh, folks, if, if you're not a member yet, if you'd like to catch all of the primetime content, uh, we put out every single week, you know, of course we've got Mondays, we've got the watch alongs with the network classics. We've got original episodes of PTSM on Wednesdays. And then of course we have a vault episode that we re-release from the library. Um, and, uh, <laughs> this past weekend got a lot of comments cause we, uh, you know, put, brought out the the episode with Sid Justice, and uh, you laughing, Sean? Uh, really, still sends chills down my spine. If you have not listened to that episode and you got some time, check that one out. Um, uh, as I mentioned, though, we uh, our Patreon members, if you'd like to become a Patreon member and you can get all of that content I just mentioned um, early and ad-free uh, for as little as $4.99. We also have other tiers where you get a lot of other great perks and you can do that by just going to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney. And you become uh, you can become a Mooney or a Legion of Who member and get those great perks. Once again, to find out all about it, go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. All righty. What do you say? We get to my conversation with Eli Drake. Ding, ding, ding. Hey folks, joining me this week, a man who has traveled a pretty incredible road working uh, along the way for some uh, big organizations, including Impact. Of course, you've all heard about his travels there and also with the WWE. And he is now one of the emerging stars in what has uh, grabbed the attention of the world. I'm going to say that because it's all over uh, the world with the internet and uh, YouTube 
uh, and of course the world of professional wrestling with NWA Power. Uh, welcome, Sean Ricker, or I should say BKA, better known as Eli Drake these Eli days. Eli uh, Drake. Drake, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's uh, it's really cool. You, you mentioned that it's, it is available worldwide. It is talked about worldwide, and part of that's oh. because of the distribution being on YouTube uh, as opposed right. to a traditional television network, which I think some, might be something that's in the works, and it kind of gives you a certain look to your status. But, yeah, I, I think NWA is making the right move with, uh, for the moment at least, being on YouTube because, like you said, it's, it's universally worldwide available anytime, anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a, a, a long conversation with Dave Lagana, and then I've also spoken with uh, with uh, Nick Aldis. And, uh, you know, uh, YouTube is an incredible platform and you guys are getting hundreds of thousands of uh, views on there. But, uh, you know, they're looking at a, a much bigger picture here. And that's one thing I really like what Billy and, and, uh, and Dave are doing. And, of course, the rest of you guys that uh, you see the future, you know, is you're on the edge of what people are going to be uh, looking at. TV is not it. You you know, as uh, as uh, as Nick mentioned, you know, uh, when you broadcast something on TV, that's it. It's out there. Uh, they have demand now, but it's nowhere near the kind of reaction you get, the kind of play you get when it gets up on something like YouTube, because. You may have a really great number, say, when you first stream it, but then you've got people who just keep coming. It's just it's a gift that keeps on giving. And is that kind of the way you look at it? You guys are kind of you're on the edge of uh, not just the future of professional wrestling, but how sports entertainment is taken in. I think so. It's kind of it's kind of punk rock in a sense. Uh, it's it's uh, I, I guess yeah. anti-establishment in a certain way, which whether we mean to or whether we don't, uh, it's. It, it, it's it's exactly what you said. Where when you put it on TV, it's out there and that's it. If you didn't catch it, what happened? You're probably not going to catch. It. I mean, of course, there's DVR, there's on demand, all that. But this is just different because YouTube, you get related videos, related yeah. watches, stuff like that. And well, it's a click away too. You know, you just get on your phone or your laptop, and boom, you're watching it. Right, you and you also have right to now. And you also have to consider how many people are cutting the cable, how much more prevalent YouTube stars are becoming now, especially with younger generations. And so YouTube's really becoming a thing. Actually, just anything internet streaming is becoming a big thing as opposed to, you know, big box cable network. And the, the challenge also with network TV is what if you don't get that network? What if you don't get that channel? Hell, what if you don't have cable? But just about yeah. everybody has an internet connection as YouTube on their phone or their computer. Well, and then also you've got people telling you how to do it. Uh, if once you get into those kind of deals, and that's another thing is that they, oh, yeah. they're controlling, you guys are controlling your own destiny here. And that's one of the and, big things uh, for it's, Billy it's really been wanting to be yeah. autonomous and have control to to innovate in the space that he's given. Yeah. And it's uh, you guys are just on the ground floor here. You're laying the foundation. And and with that uh, said, um, it's not a big roster that you guys have at this point, but they were. Yeah. But they were also very selective in who they brought in to to launch this. And you have to feel pretty good about that. And do you feel like you you really are laying the foundation for this uh, new movement? I think is the best way to describe it. Hundred percent. Because I mean, see, I, I you know I had, I had something with uh, somebody on Twitter real quick the other day, which 
what a mistake. But <laughs> but actually, yeah. it ended up working out well because it was just like, yeah. you know, they were saying like, I, you know, why does it have to go back to being old? And it's like, it's not going back to being old. Yeah. Wrestling's never changed. It's always been about stories. Doesn't matter what you're doing, what era you're in. It's always, always, always been about stories. So we're kind of centering more along that that storyline path. And it's like, yeah, it has that old school feel, old school look in a certain sense of that set, but at the same time, very updated uh, and just bringing in guys and girls who can tell a story, whether it's verbally uh, or in the ring. Uh, and, and also making sure not to – basically less is more in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That, that's never been more applicable than with the NWA, and I think it's an effective approach, and I think a lot of people are picking up on that. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I mean, I'm, I come from that, that era where it was all about storytelling. And I think that that's one of the biggest things missing today and not to take anything away from the athleticism we're seeing today and what these guys are doing, but it's not enough for me. And I always feel like, okay, the, what's next? Uh, tell, take me for a ride, you know, tell me a story. And you know, like you said, it's not going back to old school. It's going, it's, it's uh, going back to what always worked with wrestling, but it's kind of, you guys kind of are doing it your own way. Yeah. 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 And and with uh, with so many shows going three hours long or four hours long or whatever it is to have just that one hour bite, it, it, it leaves a lot of the people wanting more. I've heard yeah. people say, oh, you guys should go two hours. If they're saying that we're doing something right. If we went two hours, I think it'd be a mistake, especially like you said, we have a uh, kind of a limited roster right now. I think that's a good thing because I think that you get kind of lost in the fray. When you have too many people spread over too much time, um, I, I feel like if you focus on – I don't know. I feel like if you look at great television shows, uh, you can find a good solid crop of main characters. There's kind of some secondary characters, and then there's you know the guys who are just kind of extras or features or whatever that are just one-offs. And I feel like that's a perfect way to put together a TV show, perfect way to put together a wrestling show. And so far, it's been working out in our favor. Yeah, and, and with that, and we've certainly touched on it at this point, but being there and you seeing, you know, coming in, I don't know uh, what they told you, but um, did you kind of come in with your eyes wide open? Did you have an idea of what to expect, what they wanted to do? Uh, what I was mean, that very, situation for you coming in and how is it, if it is? Very vaguely when they first approached me, it was just kind of like, we want to do something very, we want to be very character based. Obviously the wrestling still has to be good, impactful, whatever they were like, but but we want this to be very much storytelling and characters and all that and just show different sides of people and things like that. Um, So other than that, I mean, they had shown me pictures of the set and the studio and whatnot. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is different. But at the same time, I mean, I think a lot of us were just kind of going in there with zero expectation because we had zero idea of what was coming at us mm-hmm. and just hey, man i can't even tell you like like i know the people paid a good amount of money for those seats i think it was like 100 bucks a seat or something like that in the studio but there was a certain point in time where like they were so reactive where i almost had to turn and just be like did, did we pay these people to be here <laughs> like, right. like they were so loud for everything like, and that's why like even the entrance music thing a lot of us were kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. But it was like you'd walk out and it was like the people were almost our entrance music. Cause it was like you'd hit the curtain and they'd react accordingly. And it was like you almost didn't need the music. It almost felt like a, a game show or something of some sort. It was really cool. Different. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, so you've, you've been in, in, in front of, uh, you know, massive crowds before. You've also worked in organizations where you have this intimate crowd. But how is this different in this atmosphere? Well, uh, well, most of the times, uh, quite frankly, when you're working in a, in a crowd that's this intimate, you don't have yeah. the same level of talent around you. Usually it's in an indie show with guys who are kind of, you know, trying to figure out their thing. And now it's like we got right. such a deep roster of talent and guys who've been around for a long time and maybe guys who are just on the come up. Uh, and and it's just kind of there's also like a fervor because, again, like you said, like it's it's a little bit of old with the new and really in a way it's a recalibration. And yeah. people hear the NWA, they get a certain thought about it, whether it's good, bad, whatever. It's the most historic, longest running organization around. Now, it's had some ups, it's had some downs. But at this point, man, I, I, I feel like we're setting – I don't know what my parameters are. I'm a swore there. But uh, I th- feel like we're setting things on fire at this point. You can. You can say whatever you want, uh, Eli. <laughs> well, then Just I feel like we're setting shit no, on no fire. Words. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I want you to say what you really think. Right. Don't, don't have to, to cover it up. But really, I mean, it is. It's, it's uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just watching it from uh, my laptop, and I still get an idea of what that must be like, that atmosphere, because you've got this great interaction. And, uh, and of course, I mean, you, you got me with the, with the promos, with the stick man, and, and, and and because to me that that really tells a story you got somebody reacting to you and then you've got people coming in and out uh you must do you really enjoy that doing it It, that way that that's that's the most important part of wrestling to me i know that people well wrestling's on the marquee fine sure it is and obviously at the end of the day you got to be able to do that but to me and i think that i would say that the vast audience would also speak to this sheerly just by numbers uh, if you look at the biggest swells in the wrestling business, it was, you know, during the Hogan era. Uh, it was during the Attitude Era, NWO, stuff like that. Big personalities, great promos, all that kind of stuff. So it's the promos that talk you into buying the pay-per-views and talk you into watching and wanting to be there. And what's this guy going to say next? What's going to happen here? So that's such a 
prevalent part that I think has been lost. So it's amazing to walk into that place. Everybody from top to bottom, for the most part, can can handle that, handle it well, uh, and the people reacting accordingly. I, I, it's I, Again, it's that recalibration where it's the stories. Don't let a match get in the way of a good story mm-hmm. um, because it's really the, the stories set the stage for the match, not the other way around. Yeah. And with that, um, I know you don't have a, uh, a bank of, of writers there. I know that's not the way they're doing this. But um, how, how are they uh, letting you, you know, like the freedom that you have uh, as your character who no, nobody's going to know it better than you? Uh, how does that creative work there? The first day, uh, Billy said something that was very freeing. Um, because they'll give us stuff that kind of has like a general idea of your verbiage. Just so it's like, here are the points we want you to get across, whatever. But Billy said that very first day, he said, we want you to take chances. He said, with exception of, you know, going into business for yourself and like going against the storyline that that we're setting up or whatever, or creating storylines for yourself. Don't do that. He was like, but within the storylines that we have set up where you take chances, like, don't, don't be afraid to, to make a move. And if something feels right, if it doesn't work, screw it, you know, yeah. change it next time. But just that idea I think is amazing because I don't think that that's something that's necessarily uh, encouraged in all companies. I, I know at impact, at least they gave me the freedom to kind of, usually they could just come up to me and be like, uh, Hey, can I just get a minute out of you? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Yeah. And right. there were many times where, uh, you know, I can remember Sanjay Dutt or, uh, 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 Jimmy Jacobs just saying like, man, you make my job so much easier just because of the fact that it was like one take good to go. Um, and so to bring that then, and, and, and again, being allowed to like take those chances and kind of take things where you want it to go within the confines of the story is an amazing thing. And at the same time that you don't have somebody feeding you lines, um, which I I guess could be a tool because some people want to, you know, eventually branch off into acting. I know I would like to, so maybe I should be better at that at some point. But within that wrestling audience, when you're dealing with a live <laughs> audience, a live crowd, I don't think you can go scripted lines. Uh, live audiences and live crowds, you've got to be able to think on your feet and ad lib. Yeah, and I, I was going to bring that up because, uh, you know, having done, uh, you know, hundreds of, of these interviews and seeing the talent and, you know, there's there are the the talent that you can tell them, OK, you got to say this and they May, may, may be able to memorize it, and that's awesome. They may be able to do that well. Then you got the other where they can ad lib. They might have four or five bullets, you know, that they're going to hit, and they they just know how to roll through them. Uh, I put you at that next level because, uh, and I could name a, an example, uh, not only be able to do all that, but like your feet play off the crowd. And I think, uh, you know, what comes to mind is that when they brought the question mark out and you said, and they're, ch- they're chanting question mark question. And you said, well, I got an exclamation point for you. And, and, and I said, man, that's, that's the, those are the guys that you want out there because no matter what happens, it's not just, they're going to come back with a line, but it's going to be a good one. And, uh, is that something that you've always had? And, and this is your, you know, the chance to really show people or, well, that was that was all actually that was all completely planned. They they actually got the yeah. whole crowd to chant question mark, yeah. <laughs> and they wrote that line right. for me to say exclamation. Right. Yeah. They had a uh, cue no. card. They had a card right by yeah, the right. camera. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm completely kidding. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean it's just you know if, if they're gonna give me stuff, I gotta be able to. If I can't, if I'm the guy that those people are paying to watch, and I can't outsmart them, then I shouldn't be doing this job. 
and and I would say that for the vast majority of guys. And, and but if that's the case, then you probably shouldn't be touching the microphone, because um, that I think that that's what differentiates us from from the people that come to watch us, and 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 that's why they come to watch us because we are on another level, whether that's athletically or verbally or whatever. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's just a really it's a, it's a great tool, and I don't think enough guys work on it uh, as they're coming out. I don't mean to sound preachy or whatnot. It's just like, you know, if you're out there and you're up and coming and wrestling, man, you better start working on some promos because anybody who's ever made money, who's made real money, are the, those are the guys who were the best promos ever. Flair, yeah. Hogan, Rock, Austin, any, Cena, any of those guys. Yeah, and I know that uh, uh, Rock and, and uh, Steve were, were big influences on you and, uh, you know, what it comes down to. And I think the same thing happened to them when they had the turning point in their career is that, and you, you said this a little uh, before, you got to let go. And until you let go and, and, and trust yourself that you're going to be you're going to be able to jump out of that plane and, you, and you're going to land. OK, it, it, you're not going to get there. And I think the that, like times, you said, there's, there's people out there that won't take that risk and they never get to that point. The amount of times that I've literally been uh, walking around just before I'm going out there and I'll look at somebody and be like, I don't know what I'm about to say, but we'll all find out. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I will say this. If you've established certain things, it makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, like the, the Rock can always start every promo with finally the Rock has come back to wherever, whatever the city is. Yeah. And he ends it with, if you smell what the Rock is cooking. Uh, Steve Austin, he's going to end all his promos with that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. So if you have those little pillars in your promo where you can drop in, man, it makes it a lot easier to fill that space in the middle. Yeah. Beginning, middle, end. You got the beginning and the end already. So whatever you put in there is a, it's a, like an accordion, right? <laughs> Sometimes your bingo it just goes. Yeah. It's, and, it's and that's a, yeah, but th- those guys are classic at that. And I, and I really, I think that if you look at their stuff before and uh, as they're coming up and, and, you know, you can, you can certainly attest to this when you're, you're uh, trying to, to, you know, get some footing, at least get some TV time. You got it. You're, you're just, don't want to make the mistake. And I think those guys both got to a point in their career. They said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to, and whatever happens from this point, And that changed everything for them. seems like uh, that probably happened to you a, a while ago. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you can't really worry about the mistake or the trip up yeah. or whatever. Sometimes, sometimes the mistake can be kind of a, a blessing in disguise in a certain way, because especially if you're a heel, and you mess up, you can use that for a second. You can use that as fuel. A lot of guys will kind of tighten up under that once that happens. But that's a time to just kind of turn, maybe give a look to the crowd, and maybe somehow find a way to put it on them. Um, mm. You know, something like that. Or, or even if, if you're a babyface, there's a way to work that too. But sometimes it's it's just you take a pause. And, and that pause is placed at the right time where it's just kind of like it can work, it can be effective, but at the same time it gives you a second and not trip over whatever you're about to say. It's It's... There's little little things here and there that at this point it's not even a conscious thought. It's just, I guess it's like muscle memory at this point where you're just kind of like, let's let's go. Yeah, but it, but it isn't something that happened to you overnight. And no. uh, and with that, uh, no. you know, I love the, the path. And uh, I think you grew up in uh, in Maryland and then uh, via Cincinnati. A lot a lot of things happening along happened along the way. But um, you know, growing up was. You know, wrestling a big part of your life did it 
come later? Were you an athlete? I mean, what was what was the path to the ring? Brother, let me tell you this. Uh, when, when I picked up my phone, when you called, and I heard that voice, that was the voice of many a Saturday mornings for me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so hearing, hearing Sean Mooney, uh, like I didn't even have to see a face. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Um, I've been watching wrestling since I could, before I can remember my dad always watched it. Uh, his whole side of the family. So my mom, my mom hated it. Uh, but, but my dad and his whole side of the family watched it. Uh, and so it was just like everything that was on, whether it was NWA, WWF, uh, AWA was on for a little bit. I think on ESPN world-class was there for a minute. Uh, every, we were watching every single piece of wrestling that was on and I just became enamored with it. Um, I was, I played athletics, you know, I played basketball, baseball, football, ran cross country one year, my senior year, I ended up doing pretty well with that. Um, I was in the drum line and I know people would be like, oh yeah, that's what, but that was, yeah. that was some tough shit. Uh, believe it or yeah. not, you walking around carrying this, you know, probably 60, 70 pound drum on your chest. And you got to stand at attention all damn day long. Cause those, we would literally practice from eight in the morning to 12, take a, a break for lunch, go from one to four, take a break, then go from six to nine. And it was no joke in the summer times. Uh, but anyway, uh, but well, no, but not that, any, but not anyway, though, in a sense, cause you bring that up that, uh, it wasn't just drumline. I mean, the things you learn there, discipline, I mean, 100%. what what are the other things of doing this where you that comes into play and other things that you end up doing in life? And I, I I'm sure that that was a part of it because you had to commit. It was something you had to you had to answer the call. You had to be there. You and, uh, you know, like you said, it wasn't easy. Well, people could downplay well, I mean, we it. Were, but there's like a lot we to were. That. Yeah, I know. I guess I just feel like everybody here is like drumline. And they're like, what? Yeah, but he's in but the, no, man, he was in the band. You know, Hulk was in the band, too. So, <laughs> right. But but I mean, but it, it, like we were like a championship drumline. Like we were really? like serious shit. So it was like yeah. if you messed up, it was like, all right, well, we're going to start that over. If you mess it up again, we're going to drop the drums. Now we're going to do a bunch of push ups. Drop. If you mess it up again, now we're going to do roll stroll. And the roll stroll is like. You're doing a drum roll for probably a probably good 20 minutes to 30 minutes because we're going to go all the way around the school. Okay, and and when we're doing it, you're going forward. Then we're going to go sideways on our toes, backwards on our toes, and right on our toes until we get back to where we started. It was a bitch. Yeah. It was awful. But you learn to kind of go through that pain. You learn to kind of deal with that. Get better at what you were doing. Work with the guys around you and girls around you. Yeah. to make everything work. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, people want to dismiss that, but but that that was just as, as instrumental in any kind of discipline that I've had as far as athletics or, or just uh, fitness or, or wrestling or anything else because when I went to the WWE uh, uh, tryouts back in 2013, they run your ass. They drill you into yeah. the ground, and it was really honestly in a way reminiscent of that because while the rest of the band was slacking off, we were standing there at attention with with these heavy ass drums on our body. So it just kind of felt similar, I guess, in a way. Why not music? Uh it sounded like that was a big part of your life. Why not it didn't it didn't catch me as I mean look, uh I, I mean I, I've I've uh, always wanted to be a singer, but I'm I'm just not that good. Uh mm. and I've lost my, my voice over the last few years. I don't know what happened. I used to have a great voice. But anyway um, I, I mean, I, I, like I play drums on occasion. I, uh, I've sat in with a couple bands. Uh, I actually made my own entrance music. Um, really? And, 
Yeah. So, so like impact had like some music for me. It was okay. But I was just like, man, I want something that I feel I want my own thing. So I started, I ended up making my own music. So now that I made it, I own it. I could take it anywhere with me. So I debuted at NWA with it. We don't use music right now. So it doesn't matter anyway. But, um, I had that talent and that ability, but I guess it just never occurred to me to be a career. Cause it was like, I always wanted to be a wrestler. Always, always, always. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you're in Maryland. I mean, uh, how did you end up training in Cincinnati? I mean, how did that connection work? What happened? I didn't know where to start wrestling, but I, I when I when I get interested because you went I to get, school too right? you went to college the west virginia yeah. university for a, yeah, a and, year and a half and yeah. i uh well i was forced to drop out uh my parents <laughs> had gotten divorced things kind of got a little haywire and i couldn't i basically couldn't get any loans to go for the second year so because of finances yeah. or lack thereof i basically had to drop out and um so i went back home for about maybe about a year uh worked some odd jobs and stuff like that and then uh, during that whole time, I'm like researching everything. Like, where can I go? And there was a wrestling school in my hometown in Hagerstown, Maryland. But it just, I don't know. I went and checked it out and it just did not look good. Uh, none of the guys looked like they were worth anything. And I, I, I don't mean to offend anybody there, but it, it just, it looked bad. Everything about it looked awful. The, the ring was against two walls. Uh, the ceiling, you could barely probably pick somebody up to give them a body slam. And so... I, you know, I, I decided to call, of all things, at 19 years old, I decided I'd just call WWF headquarters. Um, and I tried to get in touch with somebody in talent relations. I don't know who en- ended up answering the phone, but I asked if they if they had any wrestling school they could recommend. They mm. said, we can't officially do that, but there's OVW in Louisville, Kentucky. That's our developmental area. And I said, well, screw it. That's where I'm going to go. A friend was looking out for me. She found out that also HWA was a developmental territory at the time in 2002. Um, I checked that out, but I kind of put it on the back burner. But when I got to OVW, I wasn't really feeling it. Went to HWA. I really dug it. And it was probably like maybe six months after that in January, 2003, that I moved there, uh, started training in March, 2003. And so it was just kind of like, I, in my mind, I was thinking if WWE trusts their guys to go here, 
then that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. That was the basic thought process of my 19-year-old self and, and why I ended up in Ohio as opposed to anywhere else in Maryland. Yeah, and uh, it, 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 it's never easy when you start. Why would you stick with it? And uh, when did you really feel like you were this is something you could do? Well, I didn't have anything else to do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I had any big job prospects out there. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't really any uh, family inheritance or any business or anything. I mean, my dad worked for a trucking company. My mom was a branch manager at a bank. So uh, it was just kind of, I don't know, man. I was in love with it, and I feel like I picked it up pretty quickly uh, as far as some of the in-ring stuff. And like I said, I was always enamored with the characters and just talking trash and being able to you know, go back it up or whatever. So it was kind of like... I was just interested in getting out in front of a crowd. And so I think they finally let me do it very quickly, which was completely out of, uh, out of the ordinary for them. But it was, I got, mm-hmm. I got really lucky. Part of it was my look. I had like, I made sure that I didn't start wrestling till I was like over 200 pounds because a lot of the guys that I'd seen and a lot of guys you see now, like aren't even close to that. But to me, like, you know, wrestlers were always big dudes. And so I was yeah. like, well, I got to at least be, in the range somewhere. Um, so at six, one, I was like, if, at least if I'm 200 pounds, I'll look somewhat there and I can, as I progress, just get the rest of the way. And, uh, so, you know, I came in, looked decent. I was lean. Okay. Body 200 pounds, but some of the guys were pretty, you know, big and jacked there. But, um, I, I don't know, man, be, because of a lot of that and because I had some personality, they kind of ended up plugging me in with this one group. Um, and it was just kind of a lucky break. Obviously they protected me as best they could, uh, cause I couldn't do much at three months in, but they started putting me on the shows and it was just like, man, yeah. you get hooked. That's where you learn. Just, yeah. yeah. And so it's just doing these little local shows where, you know, they had local TV and stuff like that. They put me there. I'd get to do some, you know, goofy antics out there. And I was kind of the fall guy for this, you know, kind of the goof of this group. And, and it was just addictive. And from yeah. there it was like, well, hell, this is going to go somewhere. I know I had something, I knew I had something to offer. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's not so, saying that success happened overnight, but you did you did get the attention yeah. of the, the, the WWE uh, within five years, which uh, I mean, from stepping into a ring and then getting noticed by them. Uh, what was that first experience like with uh, the company? It was cool. actually. I, I mean, it was amazing because uh, what, what was that? It was, it was in Columbus, Ohio. It was in May of 2006. I did a. Uh, you know, you, you get to come in for as extra talent and whatnot, and uh, we right. work it out during the day, and uh, it ended up being me and John Moxley against the Big Show in a, in a squash match. Uh, on, it was on, like, Heat, and mm-hmm. um, that was crazy because we were, like, one of the first things that anybody saw that night, and we're in, like, a 15,000, 20,000-seat arena, and, you know, wow. you, you're getting squashed out by the Big Show, but who who cares? He's, like, the right. biggest, one of the biggest stars on the show, and it was yeah, just on amazing the being there and doing that. Yeah. 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 And so at the time, like he was really awesome, really cool, good guy. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to vouch for you guys and whatnot. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, but at the same time, I also didn't know how to ask for it. Um, at that point, it was like I would just follow up with trying to get more extra stints instead of just being like, hey, guys, how do I get a job? What do you need from me? How can I improve? What do I need to do to get myself in developmental or on TV or whatever it is? And I never did that because I just yeah. didn't. I guess know how or didn't have the whether it was courage or whatever it was I just didn't it wasn't there so I just kind of floundered around for the next couple of years and tried to get more uh, extra spots 
Yeah, but you know, it's interesting you say that because a lot of uh, a lot of guys I've talked to uh, about those experiences, and they say the same thing: is that looking back, you're young, you haven't experienced that level at you know to that point, and uh, you might get a bit of a push or whatever. But then you don't want to be this guy who's you know, bugging the crap out of them all the time. And then you don't want to be the guy that, you know, nobody pays attention to. But, you know, there's no there's no real answer to that because you for exactly that reason, you feel if you're a, a pain in the ass or you bug them too much, you're going to say, geez, get rid of this guy. He's, you know, but at the same time, if you don't sell yourself and I mean, I've heard that time and time again, but I don't know what the answer is because you never know that I used to love when people would say, well, you know, you want to get in with Vince, man, you got to stand up to him. And like, really? Really? <laughs> I I could tell you what the answer was in 2006. It was that I needed to be bigger. Um, I was probably only 210 at the time. I mean, I, I looked decent. And, you know, now you go, if I went to any indie show at 210, I'd be one of the biggest guys in the show. But yeah. in 2006, man, everybody was huge. Um, and so that's that's like the one thing that I had going against me and probably the reason that, you know, probably my biggest challenge. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that whole thing about not being annoying because I remember being out here in California for an extra stint and some of the agents were there talking to some of the talent and they were saying, feel free to call us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At the same time, don't be annoying. And they named a guy that I knew from Ohio and I was like, Ooh, I was like, okay. So you don't want to call him too It'll much. That guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, cause as soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh damn. Okay. He, he messed up. But so you got to find that fine that fine line, but at the same time, of course, you get so many guys who just they they go out of their way and fawn over and bring in, and you, at the meantime, you're like, hey, hey, I'm over here, hey, yeah. Yeah. hey, I, I can do it, yeah, yeah, right, and um, so I, I don't, I mean, you know, in, in, like I said, 2006, probably up to about 2010, I feel like the the business was still bigger as far as body size then, and it's kind of weaned off since then, but that was the biggest thing I had going against me at that point. Yeah. And you've also, I, I, I heard you uh, mentioned in the, in the interview with, uh, with, with Steve that uh, you shoot your, you, you shot yourself in the foot along the way uh, with, with things that would happen to you. And uh, do you feel that, you know, along the way that's, that's cost you a, like specific times or was it just a matter of you know, the process of who you've become? You know what I mean? That, that you look back and say there were specific instances that would have changed the course of my path. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's one of them because yeah. Cause in 2008, man, they were like, they were on me. Like Jamie Noble was making sure that like he was making sure I was always, cause they got me set up with a, an extra gig uh, and at the end, it was like December of 2008. They liked me in DC. They were like, Hey, we want you to come back the next week. And so now they were seriously talking about signing me. And so that second day, as, as I said on, on Steve's podcast was like, I, I showed up an hour late, like an idiot. And, um, and at that point they didn't talk to me for like two and a half years or something. Like they wouldn't return a phone call, email, nothing. And, uh, and but if I look back at my life, I've been awful showing up on time for anything. Now, that was just a stupid – that was so dumb and preventable. But, I mean, every day I'm late to everything. Uh, I, the, I used to it get – It wasn't self-sabotaging? I mean, if you look back, we'll get on the couch here and 
I mean, you could be. You really were afraid of that success? <laughs> could be. Who knows? I don't know. But, but, but I mean, even back in yeah. school, like I would get in-school suspension, which is a thing where they'd kind of lock you in a room and you'd have to write these papers just as busy work yeah. all day as your punishment. And my in-school, the only reason I ever got it was because I was late to classes. So if you were late to class three <laughs> times, uh, three times within a marking period, you'd end up getting in-school suspension. Well, I got in-school suspension probably twice a marking period because uh, I was late. So many damn times. So it, it's just at character flaw, personality flaw. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm just I'm I'm the worst at it. And then it stresses me out, and I get angry, and then it costs me time. Because at that point, I'm thinking like, man, 2008, I, I could have been in there. Uh, I think especially at that time, the guys were bigger, but the the work I don't think was as solid as as it is now and it still also lacked the promo work i feel like to the for yeah. the most part so with my unique package of talent uh, i think i would have definitely stood out then and i think i could have succeeded and man i'd probably be i mean i'm doing okay i've done well for myself but man i can't imagine the uh the different level i would be on had that gone down differently well and and i'll tell you man uh Sean, when I when I look at you and I was, you know, and especially like what you're doing now, but I, I look at you and the presence you have and I'm like, where has he, you know, why isn't he one of the, why isn't he one of those guys that, you know, like that Steve and I know or, or rock or, you know, and I know it, things, planets have to line up to, for anybody, any of them. I mean, I don't, you know, you got to have the talent, you got to have the ability, you know, but planet's got to line up for it to just happen like that i mean it's just just the way it is but i i look at you know what the hell and you know um i'm really good friends with chris chambers and i i pretty sure you know him from your days yep. there and i said the same thing to him because i was wondering when i first started watching uh power and he said he goes i don't know i mean because he had it all he has it all he did you know and he goes and chris is really good he's a real good care uh uh, judge of of creative when he sees it he, and that's what he said about you he's like you know it, it, but there are guys that just f fall in that crack and you don't you can't explain it and i i, I don't know i i hope i imagine you've lost some nights sleep but you should have the comfort of that you know you, you've had it you've got it well yeah and, and thank you and 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 chris has always been really good to me and really really complimentary no. i've always appreciated it. he's been uh, amazing in, in in other ways um it just you know just it, I, I think i have too much of my dad in me um mm -hmm. <laughs> my dad was the first person i ever who'd used the the term mealy mouth and um yeah. there's there's just something about there's something that makes me crazy when i find out i have heat or whatever and i've already known i can tell i can feel it and i'll go talk to somebody hey what's the heat here and it's happened in two different companies and they'll baby face me and say, oh, no, there's no heat. There's no heat. And then the same stuff starts happening. And I hear second and third hand that there's massive heat. And I'm like, can somebody just come talk to me? Yeah. And then that, and, and I'm not very good at hiding how I'm feeling. And not that I'm, you know, they're mouthing off or, you know, whatever. But I'm going to look unhappy. I'm probably going to do stuff that might ruffle some feathers. I remember uh, just before I got re released from WWE, uh, they had me doing this thing where I was uh, – well, I, I created it, but I was like playing the song asking why I wasn't on TV, just singing about it or whatever. Uh -huh. And before I sang the song, I I, uh, I dedicated the song to my friend who couldn't be there tonight. And I said, well, this one goes out to you, Hugh Jessol. 
and crowd <laughs> crowd laughed for it, whatever. Uh, but Bill thought I was saying that to him because he was Hugh Morris, and I didn't I, I didn't even put that together yeah. beforehand. And I was like, oh shit, no, that that had not, I just thought it was a funny line. So you know, before I got fired, they named you know me saying huge asshole on one of the shows was one of the things I guess they were saying they were angry I got fired about. But I was kind of doing that because I thought of uh, Have you ever seen Private Parts, Howard, the Howard Stern movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you know the part where um, Pig Vomit is trying to get him to quit. They're just trying to make his life a living hell. And yeah. just to kind of like stick it to him in a sense, he they play the match game. And it's like, uh, uh, blank a doodle do. And they're like, cock and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. that was in a way kind of what I was doing was prodding the bear where I was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go out and say – I had a whole list of like inappropriate names like that, like Hugh Jessel or Lou yeah. Skunt or like dumb, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, where I was just like, all right, let me throw this out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just kind of like, I want to piss him off without actually doing anything wrong. So yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm my biggest enemy. Maybe I'm a giant asshole, but there's never been a moment in time where I've been like a true fuck you asshole where I'm like, like I've never been a dick to anybody. I've never tried to like cut somebody's legs out. I, nothing like that. But a- am I bad with authority? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's another person. I, I'm late to shit and I'm not very good with authority. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe well, that's you, maybe that's my problem. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, but what what also surprises me, and it's it's uh, it's just true in, in entertainment. You know, if you know comics, uh, if you know you know other actors, I'm sure, of course. And it, and it, you know, wrestlers are no different. They are performers, and it always amazes me that uh, you know they're like, God, he's he's so you know when he's out there and he's doing it, he cuts these great promos, and he's just, and he's just like this quiet guy. I mean, I've heard him like talk about comics who, you know, there are these. Are people all right? Did you ever think that that's just who they are? It doesn't mean they're an arrogant asshole. You know, it's just right. who they are, and and uh, 100%. it just seems like you like you talk about that people just thought you know, wow, I didn't know you were a nice guy when they finally get to know you. Yeah, and <laughs> like, and it's so funny because I, essentially I got fired from WWE because of the perception that I was an asshole, and but the perception only lied with. <laughs> like the the perception was with one person and that person wrote the reports. So then that spread that perception. But the guy, the people who I actually worked with and who I was actually with on a daily basis wouldn't, would have completely said the opposite. Um, And I could say that for each and every one of the coaches who were there at the time. Um, At the same time, you know, they they say perception is reality. And it's like, 
no, it's not. If, if you're if you're operating off the idea of perceptions reality, what that means is now you're essentially saying that I believe this person's an asshole, even though I've never met them. Who's really the asshole in that scenario? Yeah. Just saying. But yeah, just regardless. Saying. <laughs> but regardless, like I also think of like, okay, let's because even when I was talking to to certain guys behind the scenes there, they were like, I don't get it. I, you got everything. You could talk. You can work. Whatever. They're like, obviously you must have some heat. I hear the you know the, the rumbling is that like people think you're a jerk or whatever. He's like, I don't re- I don't really care uh, because if you can sell tickets, that's the name of the game. And I was like, I agree with you. And I seem to hearken back to Shawn Michaels who has a. Uh, you know, a, 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 a reputation for being a giant jerk. Uh, I, I believe I recall hearing that Bret Hart might have been difficult to work with. I don't know. I hear that Steve Austin might have been difficult to work with at some point. I'm not sure. But all these guys were doing their job. They were selling tickets. They were making money for the company. And they weren't mm-hmm. causing, you know, giant, huge problems for the company. And and I certainly would have never done that either. Would somebody read me the wrong way because maybe I forgot to shake somebody's hand or uh, maybe I didn't talk as much as they might like, sure, but never in a thousand years would I walk in and be some asshole who's like, oh, hey, how you doing today? Hey, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not me. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a lot of silliness. I, I don't know if it's ego stuff or what. But obviously, the perception is that it's ego stuff on my part. Maybe it is. Who knows? Well, you, you, you've kept I'm doing well. And, uh, that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know if you feel how uh, whatever your your road is 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 destiny or or how you take in how things come in. But uh, what did that experience with with TNA or we should say Impact Wrestling? I don't know if your relationship with Billy started at that point in time, but uh, uh, what was that experience like for you? Working with Billy or just the entire Impact well, experience Impact altogether? And, and uh, yeah, and then I don't know when when you guys. Well, yeah, that- that was pretty much where I, that was pretty much where I met Billy. Um, yeah. He was pretty complimentary of my work from the start, and uh, we'd always gotten along backstage and, and you know just stand around talking about you know whatever life stuff. Uh, but I mean the, the experience and impact was was great. I mean I guess I could say it was one of the highlights of my career at this point because it was it was a great place to kind of um, I guess uh, travel I've traveled the damn world. Uh, you know, I went to India for the first time ever. I'm going to, I went to the UK a couple times with them. Uh, uh, I think I went to Japan with Noah through them. Um, got to do a lot of cool stuff and, uh, you know, getting to work with guys like Scott Steiner and things like that. It's just, it was really cool. So I, I can't say a lot bad about it. Uh, just, you know, those last couple months were a little, a little wonky. Uh, but, yeah. but what can you do? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and uh, you know, uh, relationships that you carried from there. Was it during that point where where you felt you said it was one of the best experiences? Uh, I, I don't want to. I guess the word at peace with who you were and what you were doing in the ring. Uh, I've just always wondered: is there a point in your career where you reach it and say, "Okay," uh, or is it or is it always up that hill still? It's never not up the hill. Good. Uh, <laughs> Because there's a lot of people who would see, you know, either they'd see what I was doing on Impact or they see what I'm doing now in NWA and they're like, you know, maybe I haven't talked to them in a while or maybe, you know, we, we just we lost connection and it's like all of a sudden they pop back or they might see something and be like, oh my gosh, it's so great. You finally made it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I made it. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know what made it is. Um, 
I guess until I'm at the point where I feel like I can just say, you know what, I'm good. I don't have to work ever again a day in my life. Maybe that's when I could say I made it. I don't know. Not that yeah, I probably so, stopped working at that point, but yeah, no, I mean, that's always a good thing. I guess you know, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, talking to Aaron, he never got you know gets nervous for promos, and uh, to me, I've always been one of those people. If I don't feel a little bit of that edge before, then at the end, then I'm not there. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I probably won't shouldn't be doing it. But it sounds yeah, like I, you still I, feel I, that I, way, I, and I don't know what your process is. Every time. Yeah, I mean, every time, because because I mean, I, I it's funny because um, when they were kind of setting up all the the locker rooms and everything, David Lagan had made a, a joke about how there's plenty of room for me to pace, because that <laughs> kind of gets me into the feeling like I almost feel like a, a an animal of some sort, because um, it's like I just start once I start pacing and I start getting the walk, it's really like the once I start feeling a certain walk. I start feeling more into the zone of, of what I'm doing. So it's like I start getting that walk in the backstage area. And then it's like once I start going, then my mind starts going. It's like, okay, let's roll with this. And then that kind of gets the intensity going. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amped up. There's a little bit of nerves going. But once I hit that, once I hit the, the, the curtain, that's all gone. Um, but all that lead up beforehand, hell yeah, that, that all exists there. Because it's like I, I want to knock, knock that out of the park every single damn time. You're not going to do that, but – uh, if I can have a decent batting average, then we're doing okay. Yeah, and we, and we talked about the, this roster, but uh, tell me about it from your viewpoint, uh, what each of these people have brought uh, to power uh, to the NWA. Uh, people like Nick, all this, and uh, Tim Storm, and Aaron, and uh, Thunder Rosa. You, and it's, it, it seems like a, a great uh, combination of personalities. Well, first of all, I mean, Nick, Nick's been the guy to kind of do it on his own for a good, good little bit here. And I mean, I, I guess you throw Tim into the mix as well, but I, I guess the, the face of the company for a while has been Nick and Tim has kind of been instrumental in that as far as, you know, uh, I guess doing the honors, if you will, and kind of also, um, coming back around to kind of help legitimize and, and keep things rolling forward. Uh, while that's also happening, it's it's like everybody who's come in has a decent understanding. I feel like of what we're trying to do and what we are doing, and 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 to me, it's just again different from anything else that's happening right now on wrestling TV. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that talent has to get and understand in order for it to be different. And everybody, for the time being, has killed on that on that on that standpoint. And again, you mentioned Thunder Rosa girl who, who has amazing, I think she's got great promos. She yeah. looks solid in the ring, man. I, I don't think I'd want to take half the shots that she was dishing out a week ago. Um, so it, it's what, an MMA. <laughs> well, 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 there's that too. Yeah. yeah but, but, yeah. but no, I mean, even, even the match she had on power, I think it was a tag match yeah. or something. She was just nailing those chicks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just that, that everybody understands what we're working toward and what we're trying to do. Um, I think a big help for that was Billy kind of outlining his vision because we all had like a decent idea coming in. But the first day in Atlanta, we really, really started to get it. And part of that was the meeting we had beforehand. And then the bigger part of it was learning by doing as we were doing it. It was kind of, OK, I get what this is. I get where we're going with this. Um, and so just having everybody on board makes everything so good. 
Yeah, and and I tell you, I really I I uh, love watching these characters develop, which you guys are allowing to happen. And uh, you know, it, it's uh, as we mentioned at the top of this conversation, it's not like what's old, you know, what's old is new. It's not necessarily like that, but in a sense, it is with, uh, you know, introducing these characters, people. You get people like Trevor Murdoch, who, uh, you know, he 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 he's like a throwback to Dusty in a sense, you know, with, uh, yeah. he's not like the cut body, but you see him go out there and he's a great hand. I mean, uh, uh every, the, the matches I've seen, I've been like, wow, you know, this guy can still get it done in there, but also, right. you know, you want the other guys and everybody is, is completely different than the next, uh, you know, like Ricky Starks, the debt kid. I mean, he's, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, you got guys like you that, you know, have this presence to me. It's, it's like the rock, you know, the, and, but everybody's different. And, and, and like I said, they're allowing these characters to develop. It's not like it's just throwing it in your face and here it is, you know, and it's just gonna, you know, and so people are following along with it and it is, it's to me, it's old time storytelling and, and, you know, that, that's, what's been missing uh, to, for me in, in the, in sports entertainment, as we call it now. <laughs> Hundred percent. I I I just think uh, a lot of the guys coming up too are getting stuck on moves, and it's just like, what yeah. what cool how many moves times can, can you do? flip off the yeah? How many flips right. can you do? Oh, and that stuff's cool here and there, but again, it's what's in between the moves. That's 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 the beef. That's the stuff that yeah. matters. Everything else is fluff. Like you got to have good solid moves. I get that, but at the end of the day, who are you? What are you doing in between? What's your intent? Yeah. Where do you see it going? Because we we touched on a little bit earlier about other platforms. I know that uh, you know uh, they're going to add another show. I mean, where where's where do you see it all heading? Uh man, that's really tough to tell because I I really didn't even know where it was all going to start. To be quite frankly, yeah. um, uh, to be quite frank, excuse me. Um, and I I mean I've I've talked not at too long a length with with David Lagan and Billy about you know the little ins and outs of it but the, you know the, Billy has said that there have been network offers different networks to do this and whatnot but the problem is they always want to have a, a stake in it they want to have maybe right. an ownership or something like that and like he just doesn't want to give that up so yeah well that finding, comes control you know to right extent. so yeah. so finding the right deal where he can still keep full control full stakes uh, whilst also being on X network, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, that, that's kind of the thing at this point. And um, I, I, I feel like we're growing every week. Um, of course, there's going to be there's going to be ebbs and flows, and, and everything isn't always going to move up in a straight line. You're going to have corrections and back down and back up and whatnot. But I think uh, I think it's going to continue to grow. You, you look at the subscriber numbers now, man. It's it, it's tough to tell at this point, but I'm I'm pretty sure we've got some great upward trajectory. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, you say it's going to grow, but then how do you keep that same feel? Because, like you said, it's a pretty, uh, you know, it's not a small roster at this point, but, you know, are they going to keep adding more? And then do you start getting this big-time feel for it? You know, are you going to need a a bigger studio if they're going to keep the same format? But, you know, uh, that's kind of the question here. Will it, you know, will they be able to still keep it at that the way it is now, when it's it, going to you know take off more and more. If it was my company, and it's not, uh, yeah. 
I would do it kind of the old, right? I would kind of do it the old NWA style where it's like we continue to do the studio shows week in, week out. And those shows are set up to sell the bigger arena shows where we might go and do like last year they did the uh, the NWA 70th anniversary where they went to the National Fairgrounds and did very, very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. or the Crockett Cup or something like that. So if we can do the studio shows week in and week out, they're in such high demand where it's like we could probably fill a bigger area. Maybe we could grow from that. I don't know, but I think it's kind of cool to have that, keep people clamoring for the larger live shows. Then you've got something, a big show feel for like a pay-per-view or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, uh, But, I mean, you know, nobody likes to eat in an empty restaurant, right? So – yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you see a lot of bars and clubs and stuff like that. It might not be full inside, but sometimes they'll keep a, a line. Well, if it actually is full inside and they've got the line outside, then you're doing something right. And I feel like that's something that we could eventually be at where it's like the seats are sold out. People are still trying to get in, but here's your chance. We're going to have a big arena show at this pay-per-view or da, 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 whatever. I think that that's a possibility for us in the future. And especially again, looking at, even just the last year with the Crockett Cup and the, the 70th anniversary, I, I think that that's a very reachable goal just in the next year, if not sooner. Yeah, no, and I think that, that that's awesome. I hope that that's the way it stays because, like you said, every week have never don't get away from this intimate feel to it because when you tune in, you feel like you're part of that intimate crowd. Right. You know, so uh, you can have the same feeling and then, like you said, blow it out with the, the pay-per-views or these, uh, you know, other events that they have. But uh, the, the show that, uh, you know, is, I guess the flagship is keep that feel. And I well, think that's why people are enjoying it so much. Well, it's interesting, too, because when you walk into the studio, you're almost encouraged to. Uh, interact right away yeah. as one of the fans yeah. because uh, I remember being kind of critical of the whole setup because when they first came in, I thought it sounded like a church in there and it was there was no music playing. It was very quiet in there. And I was like, man, these people are going to get so bored. And uh, Dave Marquez or somebody else was out there kind of just talking to the crowd on the microphone and, and like, you know, question answer kind of things. And I was like, man, this is going to, this is not going to be good. The crowd's going to be dead. Actually, I was wrong and it ended up being the complete opposite because what happened was people then wanted to just answer his questions and whatnot. And it kind of got them warmed up instead of doing the can warm ups where it's like, you know, you guys are going to be on TV three, two, one. <laughs> it was more like, let me ask you an organic question. Let me ask you something real. Give me a real response. And now you're going to be more opened up. You're going to be more warmed up to actually giving me a real emotional response. Once the show starts, and it actually worked out really well. So that that inte- that little intimate environment like that is an amazing thing where every single person can be uniquely involved. Yeah, and uh, what are you finding with these crowds or people you're hearing from? I'm sure that you're getting people that uh, love the feel of it because they watched, you know, back in the day, as they say. But uh, you're, I see that you're also getting a lot of young people that are, uh, are are getting turned on to it. And have you, have you seen that happening? Well, yeah, I mean, because like you said, that there's a lot of people who I, you know, I, I haven't seen wrestling in 20 years. You guys have gotten me back into it. Or, you know, this reminds me of when I used to watch with my father back, you know, whatever. And there are a lot of young people. And I, I think with young people, it's kind of the idea of, uh, 
retro can be cool and we have that retro look in a certain sense that retro style oh, yeah. even though it's still new and evolved yeah. uh but at the same time you also like what's different and what's new is kind of cool and and even though it's kind of a reach back to the past in certain senses it is new and new a lot of times is cool especially if you're bringing some actual substance to what you're doing it's not just the style you got to also have some stuff uh, some substance behind it and um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's gravitating people of all ages because, again, you've got the nostalgia factor plus the newness factor because, again, it looks different than any other wrestling happening on TV right now. Yeah, and so uh, is it is it more that you just uh, like uh, where you are, what's going on with this company, or, also, or, or that you feel that, that, man, we're on to something? Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> – that's the funny thing is that, like, again, that, that very first match I had out there and how hot the crowd was, I was like, if this is any indication of what the viewership is going to be like and the actual mm-hmm. audience watching the show, like, this is going to be amazing. And and so far, I mean, of course, you know, we're, we're not setting the world on fire with numbers or anything, but we're doing really, really damn well. And the buzz is huge, and it's putting us on – uh, I, I guess uh, it's putting us in the eye of a lot of people who I wouldn't have expected. And I don't think a lot of us expected. I mean, even what the, the rock, I think mentioned something about it after the first episode. So yeah, well, it, it's, it's Steve really Austin. Cool it, Steve Austin's put the word out there too, man. That's uh, he, he likes it. Uh, so there's a lot of people watching. There really is. Um, right. It, it just has, it, it's got that different feel to it. It's, it's almost like a, at this point, it's almost like a cult following. And yeah, I think it's going to, but grow. everybody loves that. Yeah. Right. right. They want to feel like they're part of their, they were there when it, when it happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I dig it. It's it, like I said, it, it's punk rock, it's rock and roll. Uh, and I always like being part of something different. Yeah. Hey, how can, uh, folks get in touch with you? Uh, please give us all your, your, uh, social media handles. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram at the Eli Drake. Uh, of course, if I could plug my old wrestling tees, uh, pro wrestling tees shop, it's pro wrestling tees.com slash Eli Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course you can catch me every Tuesday at 6.05 PM on NWA power. Yeah. Did you get, have you, uh, got the new t-shirts out? I mean, can people, you got the new N- NWA power shirts that, uh, Eli Drake, or are you still, you're still mulling over that, that, uh, <laughs> I think I'm a that product. I know it hasn't been easy for you. We're, we're, <laughs> we're still figuring it out. They've sent me some designs. I've sent them some you, designs. You're uh, so damn difficult. See, I, I know, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I want to make sure that if I'm going to wear it, it's something that I like and I want to wear. Yeah. So that way I know that the people are going to like it. So, um, but yeah, I, well, so far it's a pro slash Eli Drake, but there will be, uh, on the NWA website as well. All right, Sean, uh, Eli, Drake, uh, thank you so much, man. And, and really, you're so much fun to watch. And, uh, man, uh, a lot ahead for you guys. And it's uh, it's just amazing to see how this has taken off. Thank you, Sean. I, 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 this is an amazing honor, and I appreciate it. Like I said, you were the voice of many of my Saturday mornings. So uh, very much appreciate it. You know, folks, boy, Eli Drake, uh, just another great performer that uh, I look at. And I wonder, you know, how mega, mega stardom uh, didn't happen for him. And and please, please, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's had a fantastic career, uh, as you heard. 
But, uh, you know, things happen along the way that swing the pendulum of fate. And sometimes it doesn't swing uh, your way. It swings the wrong way. And, uh, you know, uh, he certainly got walloped a few times along the way, but uh, really has just had a great career. Regardless, um, it is clear that uh, he's enjoying uh, his current path that he's on in the ring with all the new opportunities with the NWA. And I absolutely enjoy my conversation with Eli Drake. We will definitely have him back on. Uh, once again, I want to remind everybody, check out the YouTube channel, Primetime Mooney. We've been putting up a lot more content as of late. And, uh, you know, we're doing stuff with the video, um, you know, with, uh, with the Skype uh, video interviews that we have. That are, you know, it's basically the same podcast that you can get audio-wise when you download, but uh, you can actually see it as we're, we're chatting when you have time to actually sit down and watch something. I know that, uh, like me, most of the time I'm listening to podcasts, I'm in my car, I'm out uh, walking the beast my uh, my rather uh, large dog, and, uh, you know, I'm out and about. But uh, if you've got time, you know, to check out some stuff on YouTube, man, go to Primetime Mooney. A lot, a lot of stuff that we keep putting up, uh, you know, new content all the time, clips, you know, so that uh, you can just catch certain you know, big parts of our, our uh, podcast that we've had up before. But check it out. Just go to YouTube and uh, search Primetime Mooney, and that will all come up. Uh, you can follow us as well on Twitter and Instagram, real easy, at Primetime Mooney. Love to hear from you. You can email me. You know I do answer. Uh, email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. And once again, uh, if you download this podcast on iTunes, please, please, please subscribe. Also, uh, give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out a lot so we can keep bringing you more and more content here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. But that's going to do it for this episode of PTSM. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. <laughs>